0: Really got a try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over and, and he had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit to make this game. It didn't seem to work out.
1: Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the scrum of the earth the podcast that offers news, results, predictions, and so much more each and every single week of the year. As always, I'm David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows as much rugby as I can all over the world. As I say, you're listening to The Scrum of the Earth, a weekly podcast with an ever-increasing number of bonus episodes. In fact, it appears that you have stumbled upon another one right here. Uh, Today's bonus ep is an interview with a fellow potter and a fellow fan of the New England Free Jacks and the USA Eagles, and uh, he agreed to sit down and talk rugby. My regular listeners will probably recall another great talk we had not too long ago. So I'm talking, of course, of Phil from the Jacks Rangers podcast. So we caught up a while back, but it felt like it was time to reconnect. And uh, we decided to do a sort of a joint podcast thing where we sort of had one big talk and then cut it in half with one part becoming my pod and the other his. Uh, in any event, if you have us both on Twitter, you'll see we both released our pods at the same time. And I encourage you to check both of them out. Also, please check out the Jack's Rangers pod wherever you get your podcasts and drop them a five-star review if you possibly can. So, for the sake of brevity, I will skip the usual admin stuff except to say that I am at of Scrum. Get in touch whenever you can and let's get to it. So, Phil, it's so great to see you again. It's so great to talk again. So, you know, just in general, how how have you been? Are you still
0: living the life up there in the, the Granite State? Yeah, man. It's, it's amazing up here. You know, live free or die. <laughs> That's the way it is up here, man. And uh, I've been here for 11 years and I just every day is just like a dream up here. I mean, it sounds really cheesy to say that, but we don't have uh, sales tax. There's no income tax up here, And we've got uh, we got professional rugby right down the road. So, I mean, who's better than us? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's amazing. It's gorgeous up there, too. It is. Uh, has
1: gorgeous. anyone ever mentioned to you that the uh, the people making the license place that say live free or die are the,
0: the inmates? <laughs> So interesting story. Before I moved up here, my political mentor, if you want to call it that, um, is a guy named Tim Moore. Okay. And he's a state rep, um, and he lived in my hometown. He knew my great grandfather, so that's how we were connected. And he is now the speaker of the House in North Carolina. Wow. And I was I told him that I'm going I'm moving up to New Hampshire. and He goes, you know, the prisoners make those license plates, right? <laughs> I was like, I did not know that. So I learned that 11 years ago, right before I moved.
1: Oh, wow. So yeah. wait, you, you say 11 years. Uh, so is that pre or post uh, the Man of the Mountain? Did you ever see the man? The man in the
0: mountain? Uh, no, he had fell before my time. But every uh, year they mention it on uh, WMUR. It's like a grieving period that people go through up here. They mention it every year that he fell. You know, whatever day it was on. You know, this year. It, it was it was,
1: sho- it was shocking. As in
0: New Englander. that was that was big
1: news. Uh, the amount of merch that must be sitting in warehouses now, like the spoons and the
0: uh, postcards. Oh, man he's 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 still even though he's gone he is still a lasting icon of new hampshire i mean if you have to think i mean he's on the license plate he's on the coin from what was uh, a couple years back every state had uh, you know a symbol on the quarter that represent he was on there so it's true uh, he'll be he'll he'll be around forever in our hearts well <laughs> in the end i guess we shouldn't have taken him for granite
1: oh my gosh and that, that's it folks good night just yeah, good night <laughs> 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 sorry that, that was unworthy uh free jocks talk we got to talk free jacks um th- i was hoping for a lot more news by this point than there actually has been but uh and i have never said his name out loud before so i think it's we in conradi you know yeah. we we were sort of tweeting back and forth uh, big news for him great news for him not great mm-hmm. news for us but
0: uh <clears throat> gotta be happy for him right of course man i mean this is Right now, in this period with the MLR, uh, and I'm saying the MLR a lot more now that you said it, uh, and so I'm just like, gee, thanks for that. It's not the MLR, it's MLR. So since MLR... I ruined it for myself. Yeah, for the next couple years, we're going to be just a feeder league. And that's okay, Mm -hmm. man. I mean, that's the way way that leagues work uh, when they're first starting out. So this is a testing ground for coaches and players like Conradi to test themselves and um you know overseas scouts and stuff like that are going to be looking in at some of these players and they're going to be picking some of them uh like cherries from a tree and bringing them to the larger leagues but what's interesting and i know that we're going to talk a little bit more of this i'm sure uh, later on in the episode but um you talked to max uh, the ceo of the Prejax, and he mentioned that within what like five years is his projection that we're going to be on the level of these big leagues that everybody thinks about like the English Premiership or Super Rugby, and that blew my mind when he said that. I mean, anytime you get mags in front of a recording, it's just it's magic. He's so. <laughs> I, I listen to that, and it, my literally my jaw dropped. Um, that's fantastic as a goal, um, but well, right now we're not there yet. So well, one of the great it? things about him too is he he has such a pragmatic and just believable like
1: he's never BSing you. So you know when he when he says that, you're like, oh oh, this is a
0: goal. This is something we're doing. And he's a super genius, by the way. I mean, I'm sure you picked up on that. He's super smart. Thank oh, God yeah. he threw rugby in high school because he might be like some sort of super villain. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, he, he could
1: easily be Lex Luthor. I get that. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> His hair is too nice, I think. That's yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, absolutely worth noting, uh, Joe Johnston is back. Uh, mm-hmm. The mechanic. Um that is great news. I'm such a big fan, and I think that's going to coincide nicely with our, our new coach. It sounds like the, the two of them kind of have a head start
0: on a great relationship. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so the assistant coach, Mike Rogers, actually coached Joe um, as a youth. I don't know oh, the assistant, called. right, right, right. Yes, the assistant, Mike Rogers, uh, from New Zealand. So uh, Joe was born in the United States, but raised in New Zealand. So They crossed paths when he was a little bit younger. And, you know, he has great things to say about Joe in my interview that I had with him. And it's going to be really special seeing those guys connect again. Um, And Joe's one of those guys where, like, I expect him to be a USA Eagle at some point. I think so, too. In the near future. I mean, he's got the skills. I think he was second in the league overall in um, breakdown steals and, like, third overall in the league in tackles last season. So, I mean, he's right there on the cusp, I think, of a call-up for the Eagles. And it's going to be amazing to see – Finally, one of our Free Jacks uh, being in the USA Eagles jersey. Yeah, uh,
1: notable absence of Free Jacks in the last two squads. Um, October 2nd is the next chance. Do you think maybe Joe will be there? Maybe. I I would love that. That would
0: be so Yeah, he's in New Zealand right now, so I don't know. Maybe next year. year. Yeah, that seems too close.
1: Yeah. So – I often realize you're a lot more connected than I am have you heard anything else through the grapevine? You know, uh, as I said, I was hoping we'd have some more player, player staying, player leaving type of news. Is there anything else that you've heard about that you're allowed to
0: talk about right now? I wish I could tell you more, man. Uh, we had, uh, Tom Connolly, TK on the episode, um, 17, 16. So it just released last week. Um, we had to do it a little bit early because, the coaching announcement happened a week before we were anticipating it. So right, the right. Episode, he had mentioned a certain date, and they had to rush that uh, announcement because everybody was getting wind of it in South Africa. Right, there um, was leaks out of the current. Matthew was going to be our guy. So, um, yeah, it was unexpected. And I, the day before, they were kind of teasing, and I was like, what is happening here? Because we were told <laughs> that day. So I was like, I had my conspiracy dots all up with the math. I was like, what is what is this announcement? So, but yeah, I mean, other than the coaching uh, assignments that have been made um, and Joe Johnston being the first player that has been announced, we don't have much else to go on, but I'm anticipating a lot more things to fall into place within the next couple of days. So right now I've already got like a a pre-graphic made up. I just got to put the players in there um, for the, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. yeah. Is, is there somebody who, if, if it turns out he's not coming back, you're just going to be crushed? Oof. I mean, that might, there might be more than one.
0: Yeah. Uh, Conradi is a big one for me. I mean, we obviously heard about that last season. He is so good, man. I cannot believe that nobody picked him up in that expansion draft because what happened yeah. was he was signed on uh, to Dallas to play for Dallas, but they decided not to join the league last right, year. Right, right. So everybody got the opportunity to pick their, um, their rosters, uh, signings. Pick yep. him up in a draft, and nobody selected Conrad. We got him as a free agent, and he just was absolutely weird. tore the league apart. Yeah. So what pickup that was, but another one that in my mind would be Dougie Fife. But I, I think I think for sure he's coming back. Um, he that, loves. I
1: have no inside info, but that's just my feeling. I don't know why. They're very mum on Twitter.
0: It's hard to tell. It is hard to tell, but that would be the one that I would say that if he for some odd reason didn't come back. It could be a problem. I, I think you can say the same thing about uh, our number ten, uh, Waka. Um, he, wow. That would be a blow, too. For sure.
1: I, I I really want Bowden back. He's ch- yeah, possibly my favorite player. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. So there are USA tests coming up. Are you getting excited for the upcoming Eagles tests? Uh, it's only a couple weeks away. At the beginning of October. Uh, do you care? Is
0: it not really registering yet? Are you going to be watching? Uh, what's the plan? I was thinking about a recent call. somebody posted into the free Jack supporters group. Um, if they were, anybody else was going down. I don't know if anybody responded to that guy. I feel bad for him, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Uh, what is it? New Zealand in October, right? They're coming to play in DC. But no, I'm, I'm talking about the, uh, the world cup qualifying matches.
1: So we've got Uruguay oh, yes. on yes, October yes. 2nd. And then, uh, right. you know, again, the very next week, the, the, that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, that should be good. I mean, we always seem like we do well with these qualifiers. I know that we we uh, we missed the the Canada discussion from a week ago or two. Yeah. Um, and, and I told you, after we lost to Canada in Canada, if, if you recall this, I posted immediately when you uh, mentioned something about it. I was like, you heard it here first. We're going to beat them um, in Colorado. And we did. Yep. Um, I was shocked. I watched the performance, the first one, and I was like, this is just not – because if you look at our rosters compared to theirs, where is their better player, man to man, compared to our roster? I don't think it exists. No, so I think it you're just, right. Yeah, I, I, we just beat ourselves up in Canada. I mean, obviously they had the crowd support behind them. I don't know if it was just travel up there or what it was. It was something that was in the water. We just did not look right. But there, then again, there was
1: there was a ton of emotion involved. Uh, the, the crowd was awesome. I, I have to say that their crowd really did them proud and. Uh, I'm told that it's really a difficult place to travel to. Like if, if I wanted to leave Boston and get there, I can't get there in one leg. It's going to be two or three. It's, you know, specifically inconvenient.
0: Yeah. So uh, I mean, ultimately, I figured you know as long as we got AJ starting the next game and oh, some yes. of our guys that were on the bench that are our overseas guys that start normally, I felt like we were going to be okay. I didn't, I wasn't even able to watch that game, but I had no doubts whatsoever that we would win that game, and obviously we did. And we and we covered the uh, the point differential there enough to 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 say we're the number one as we should be. Um, That's true. Uh, yeah. Them. Well, the, the, the last
1: the last second try at the death in the first test, that made such a big difference. I think yep. it wouldn't have mattered in the end, but I feel like going into that second test just set the stage mentally for them to be a little more comfortable, a little, little less worried about it. Yeah. Um, so as I say, uh, so we are going to face Uruguay on October 2nd, and then we have to play them again on a short week. It's mm. going to be the same aggregate score format as the series we just were talking about against Canada. I'm sure the Eagles are taking this very seriously indeed and uh, I hope they do because Uruguay had their incredible upset of Fiji in the Rugby World Cup in 2019. I haven't seen them since but they've got to have a new level of confidence and they're usually a tough, tough matchup for us in the first place so uh, where where
0: do you see that going. I feel like the last time we these two teams met, it was closer than I would have expected. So, it's in the back of my mind. i was thinking about it. I know that this team, Uruguay, has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of their players are not professional players, if I recall that. You hear that all the time. Every time they're in a World Cup, right, it's always like, you know, they're the the so com- complimentary of them. Like, oh, they're just playing for the love of the game, right? So, um, you know, I feel like we'll win. I just feel like we'll win. You know, We're, we should be fine. We should be fine. That that aggregate score
1: thing—it's it's, it's always a frightening animal because it turns one test into two, and like it's almost like you have a single hundred and sixty-minute game to play. And uh, yeah, it's it's complex. Yeah. Um. By the way, you might not have noticed this. There is still technically a chance that our being in the next Rugby World Cup could come down to another test against Canada. If you, look, if you look at the Rugby World Cup website and look at the pathways, there is yeah. a chance, like if we lose against Uruguay and then Canada dominates their sort of lower level thing, mm-hmm. there would be one more match between the two of us that would be, determine which of us is in for that final, final slot. It's, it's very unlikely. It's technically possible. I don't want to root for it because that kind of makes me, my skin crawl, (laughs) but
0: (laughs) on the other hand, Uh, you got to love this stuff, right? Yeah, that would be an incredible grudge match. I think they would have to lose to Chile, is that right? Uh, Canada would have to? Yeah, Yeah. they would have to be
1: on their sort of last gasp, and we would have to be on our last gasp, and it's for the sort of, the, the junk slot that's left over at the very, very end. Um, neither of us neither of us want to be there because if you're in that slot that means you're not going to win but uh but it, it could be possible so it's interesting that wonder. i wonder, just, uh, I, wonder how, uh, I wonder how the
0: canadians feel about it right now <laughs> that would be a great grudge match just to extend this rivalry you know what i mean i know yeah that it should be, be it
1: should be more tense than it is
0: right yeah it should be i mean what? Well, <laughs> Some people just want to see them as our little kid brother that's just like, you know, they're there, you know, we don't really, nah, you know, they're, they're yeah. just our kid But, I mean, we really have to, if we want to be better than what we are, it first needs to happen in our regional areas, right? We have to dominate Canada to say that we're the best team in this area, and then from there, we have to Great be better point. than the other South American teams other than Argentina, right? Right. So we have to easily beat Uruguay each year uh, and not have to concern ourselves. I remember a couple of years ago, I watched this game. It was unbelievable where USA lost Brazil in Brazil. Uh, That can never happen again. If we're going to continue to climb this ladder of success that we hope that we can reach by winning a Rugby World Mm -hmm. Cup um, eventually down the road. I mean, we have to be the best team in both Americas, that's a tall task against Argentina. No, but, that's, a, that's a great point too. And, uh, and we're not there yet, obviously. Right. But, you know, continuing to distance ourselves in terms of superiority with Canada and these other teams is absolutely crucial. So we can't be looking at these guys like they're nipping at our heels. We need to be miles past them. Bottom line.
1: I think you're right. That I think we can be there. Um, our athlete pool is so big. Um, I- I think we have a, a lot of natural advantages in terms of money and, like I say, athletic skill and just the, the number of athletes coming through our college systems and stuff. Um, I think we've talked a little bit about the, this new thing in Colorado with, the, it, what is it, the
0: Colorado, are they calling it 15s or XV? <laughs> so they've changed their name. They've rebranded. <laughs> ah, good, uh, So good. They're, they're now the, uh, confusingly, the American Raptors. Okay. So
1: they're,
0: they're not a USA technically as a, comp- a competition squad through usa rugby but they call themselves the american raptors which is okay. very close to eagles very close to Falcons. So, sure yeah.
1: and yeah. it's the, the legacy of that that glendale colorado team yep yep that's where it comes from but it oh, also kind of
0: confuses people with the usa rugby
1: of course yeah. Uh, yeah. i do
0: i have faith in that program I, I feel really good about it i like the things i'm hearing about it you have to man uh one of our best players on the usa sevens who was just named captain um kevron williams i believe is his name he was a d2 wide receiver so for people that don't know this american football has d1 and then we've got like a subdivision of d1 there's d2 so that is the third you know pyramid if you want to call it that of um college football so this guy came from a d2 school it is now the captain of USA seven rugby. Wow. So if that doesn't tell you that we need to make sure that we're, you know, casting a wide net to bring in these crossover athletes, I don't know what, what else can possibly convince you that we need to be reaching out to these guys that are just not going to make it into the NFL or whatever, you know, professional sports other than rugby and pull them in at a young age, like 24, 25 years old. Um, So this isn't on my
1: list, but I've got to ask now. Do you believe in this connection between sevens and fifteens? Do you think sevens is the the gateway sport for people to like rugby union? Because I discovered rugby union, started watching that. And then I found out about sevens and I was like, this isn't even, you know, this isn't the same sport.
0: Right. I Uh, I, I
1: admit I came back on board uh, this past Olympics. That was really exciting. I think I got it a little bit more. Um, But is it actually a gateway or is it just
0: a different thing? I think it can be a gateway because a lot of people in this country love the Olympics. You know, this mm-hmm. one kind of was a weird year because there was no spectators it was. and it's COVID blah, blah, blah. And the times were weird to watch it because it was over in Japan. Um, but this country is Olympic mad. So if we become good and uh, if we start meddling uh, in rugby sevens, I think it will draw more eyes in to rugby sevens. And that is just a natural transition from rugby sevens to rugby 15s. I think, I mean, it's, it's the same ball. It's the same <laughs> hit size. I mean, it's more players. What's not to like? But I'll give you an example. Like when I first started playing rugby, I would say I was into like year three before I even knew what the hell sevens was. Somebody's uh, like, I don't want to play sevens in the summer. I was like, what the hell is sevens? And they're like, oh, it's a bunch of skinny guys that run really fast. I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't run fast and I ain't exactly skinny. So I'm not going to play. <laughs> <laughs> but, but over the, so it, <laughs> well, from that, not just
1: viable excuse. <laughs>
0: I, I started watching sevens a lot more after I finished playing and I'm like I love this man I, I am glued into sevens. I love watching. I love oh. the the space that it, you know that naturally there is with seven on seven. I really enjoy watching now it can get repetitive because you know sometimes especially if the, yeah, the, the opponent is, in, is inferior they're just gonna pass the ball and you' and the guy's gone right so mm-hmm. there's a lot of that but when the games are actually competitive it is compelling to watch
1: it really is. <laughs>
0: So it's funny because you know, as somebody new to
1: rugby in like twenty fifteen, you constantly read about rugby's for everybody. Rugby is inclusive; it's for everybody. Doesn't matter what your body looks like. Doesn't matter who you are. Blah blah blah. And I always thought, oh, that's nice. Of course they say that because they want to. They want to grow the game. Of course they say that.
0: Right.
1: But I did get to go to one sort of, you know, completely amateur seventh tournament. There's a thing in Boston or not in Boston, outside of Boston. And it's a massive seventh tournament. They, they take up this huge amount of space. There's like six games happening at, at all times. I took my son who was still in the stroller at that point and was like, oh, look, look, this. It, it's incomprehensible to him. It's just a field with people running around and stuff. But those things about like, it doesn't matter who you are. Those things are true. Um, mm-hmm. There was teams who had, you know, match fit jerseys they clearly had like sponsors then you had people wearing t-shirts that they had clearly like used a sharpie to write on themselves and they're putting his and it was so much fun and i was yeah. like so for me this the the appeal of the seventh thing is that that go to the day thing and sort of just be there and experience the whole thing you don't you don't go to see okay i'm waiting for my team and just watch this one
0: result You're there for the experience and the whole sort of atmosphere. Do you think that's true? Uh, I will tell you that my greatest sporting moment, and I've told you before that I've been to a lot of sporting events in my years, is um, there was something called the Collegiate Rugby Sevens tournament that took place in Philadelphia. So it was Mm -hmm. all... The, essentially, the best sevens collegiate rugby teams in the United States would all converge over one weekend in Philadelphia. They had it for like eight years running. I think it no longer exists, unfortunately. But Carolina, my uh, alma mater, the University of South Carolina, Fighting Gamecocks—that is. Uh, Go Gamecocks! Boys. Go Gamecocks! Yes, sir. Um, they had made it a couple years. We were really good for a couple years there, and. Um, one year we got to the bowl round. Uh, it was the final between our arch rival, the Clem Sucks Taters. So, <laughs> and it was a back and forth game. I mean, I was screaming my head off. My Me and my family were there. We had our, you know, Gamecock rugby shirts on. That's so great. And, and, we, and we won at the last minute to win that game. And I, I've never experienced anything like that. It's my favorite sport and my favorite, you know, team that I, the team that I played for, not in sevens, of course, but 15s. Um, to see them win a trophy on that scale was just unbelievable. And I've never experienced anything like it. My family who are big Gamecock fans. You know, we got family members Whoa. that went back a long time uh-huh. to play uh, athletics at Carolina. I mean, we just embrace. And I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about it. It was that amazing. And that was Rugby Sevens, man. I can tell that. That's so cool. Like, anytime you get yeah. swept up like that, that's how you know you're
1: on the right track. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so sure. cool. <laughs> I'm hoping some of these tournaments, uh, you know, Uh, Sevens, uh, I don't know what the state of it is right now, but I'm hoping they're coming this way pretty soon because I want to take my family and do a day of it. That sounds like a great time.
0: I just thought of something. MLR needs to have a sevens tournament in the summertime. After the season is over, you know, if they've got some guys that are still around the team, they can run fast and, you know, do all the things that that a sevens requires. They should have a tournament in one central location. You know, people talk about an all-star game that we should have for 15s, all the best mm. players. But how about, you know, a sevens tournament too? It would probably – well, I was going to say it probably could be cheaper to do it and it might draw draw more people in perhaps. I don't know, you know, because you don't have to bring in another team from overseas, right, for the right, right. all-star team. You could just make up a team, um, you know, of each team, their sevens um, component and have them show up at a central location like Las Vegas, baby. Let's do it like a huge destination place and have a great tournament. That'd be amazing. That's a really great idea. And by the way,
1: did you go to those Las Vegas games? Were you one of the travelers who went there? I guess uh, I was. You were? Oh, okay. With a a
0: group or? uh... It was me and my girlfriend. So we had planned it out, you know. Uh I had actually gotten really sick um like a day before. And we showed up and I was just uh, you know, really, really bad off. But I, you know, I took a an day quill and I drank a couple beers and I was perfectly fine <laughs> for about a, an eight hour period. Uh, so I was screaming my head off. We were playing Rooney as the first game ever in existence for the free jacks. There I, I remember, watched, I remember I watched yeah, the whole thing their ass, and it was so good to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was Oh, it was a throwdown. It was oh yeah, it was That's right. not even close. We whooped their ass up and down the Las Vegas Strip that day. That's the first day I met Max because I was the fan that was like just screaming his head off, like jumping up and down, talking shit to um, uh, New York. So he walked yeah. over, was like, "Hey man, I'm Max," and he scared the hell hell out of me. Like he, he, I was sitting down and I was actually being quiet for a second. And, like, he comes over my shoulder, and all I see is red hair. And he's, like, <laughs> this close to my face. I'm, like, hey, what's up, man? I thought he was some crazy, you know, Rudy supporter that was going to punch me in the face. Or yeah. Like, oh. You're
1: this close to getting into a fight with the CEO of the Free <laughs> yeah,
0: But it was, it was really cool.
1: So I am going to switch the subject a little, a little bit. Um, do you, in fact, watch, you know, any of the rugby that's getting started up again now, there's the English Premiership. There's, of course, the artist formerly known as the Pro-14. Uh, do you watch any of that stuff? Uh,
0: and yeah. a quick follow up, uh, if it was totally free, would you watch all of it? Uh, yeah, I would. I think it's. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I told you last time that it, it's a little bit harder to get behind a team over there because it's just it's just there's this disconnect and there's not a lot of hype. You know, hype is important for fan bases. It really is. Um, and us being this far away, like, I don't know if there's any fan channels per se that you can get involved in for a specific team where they're breaking down the next match. You know, they're mm. talking crap about the other team, you know, all the all yeah, same yeah. stuff. There's a, the, soccer does it really well overseas because there's so much tradition and history with these rivals and rivalries and stuff, stuff like that. So I'm a Manchester United supporter. There's a uh, group called Stretford Paddock they do an amazing job as a fan. Um, it's not even a podcast. It's a whole show. That okay. They, they you know, do stuff like three times a day and release it. And it just, it, it really draws you in and keeps you involved in the matches and stuff like that for rugby for that overseas. Just, it didn't feel like it exists for me. Like I'm a Wasps fan. I've owned a Jersey oh. in the past. I would love to watch, you know, watch their games as much as possible, but, I, don't, I couldn't tell you who they're playing. This, I think it's right. Bristol Bears because you happen to have you know, posted a graphic. <laughs> if, if, if I didn't see that graphic, I would have had no idea. Um, you know, I'll go on to Peacock and then look to see the upcoming games and see if I'm available at those times. But it's at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, if there was more hype behind it, I feel like I could get more invested into it because, you know, Stratford Paddock, I've, I've subscribed to their YouTube channel. I see every time their videos come out, they do like a review, a match day watch along. They do previews wow. of games, stuff like that. So it's just like I feel invested as a Oh, fan. that's great. Yeah. So that just doesn't exist. And that's what we do here at the <laughs> the Jacks Rangers show. That's what we try to do at least to get people involved. And I just don't feel that with the overseas. Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong places. So if no, like- i no, that's my that's my experience, too, is, uh, you know,
1: you, you pay for the package and you, and you watch the games. But when when the coverage starts, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, and uh, they're coming out like it's halfway through the whistle, you know, like you, you haven't even seen sometimes the the opening lineups. It, it's tough. Um, the Rugby Championship, the boringly named Rugby Championship down in New Zealand and uh, Australia, mm-hmm. Stan Sport is doing it right. They, they their broadcasts have like an hour of pre stuff which i just love because i'm a football fan i'm used to that i'm used to you know mm-hmm. at 9, 9 a.m on sundays that's when they start talking football and by, right, right. it's it's not until four hours later that you actually see football yeah. so yeah. i want something and uh I, I like the way stan are doing it that's, that's pretty cool very cool i yeah, will have to check that out so and here's another side of that same coin we were just talking about so if if there was a secondary sort of lower tier competition of rugby here in the United States, like a minor league, would you be tuning in for that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, if it was on right now, like, um, you know, during the off season of MLR, for sure. I'd watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Right now my, my time is consumed with, I'll occasionally watch a Red Sox game if I happen to see it on, but that's you know, few and far between. Um, and I'm watching college football, you know, that's, that's what most Americans are doing right now. And obviously professional is kicked off as well. So I'm catching the Patriots games because that's what's on the local TV around here. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm interested to see what Mac Jones is going to do, but again, it's, it's all based on what's going on at this time. What interests me? Uh, what can I get easily on TV and that sort of thing? So, and, and then of course the Manchester United games—they're playing; they're in season right now. And again, because oh. i I'm subscribed to Stretford Pack, I've got three things throughout the day to to tell me what's going on. I can <laughs> give you their entire lineup without even thinking about it. Wow. But I I can tell you one player on Wasp. That's it. That's
1: uh, it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it's not Lima Sipalwaga anymore.
0: <laughs> it's it's the it's the guy that uh Umanga, uh jacob umonga
1: he's there. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Umanga <laughs> jensen is that it does he have one of those hyphenated names oh, i yeah. think uh, yeah. he's actually really good though yeah he's very good yep yeah. so in the the theoretical i just proposed that there was a lower tier mlr mm-hmm. sort of a, a minor league mlr what if one of those lower tier teams happened to be located right where you are in new hampshire would that impact your love of Free Jacks?
0: Are, would they be affiliated in this hypothetical scenario? Yeah, yeah they'd sort of yeah. be like the Paw Sox to the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. I would definitely support them for sure because I go to the Paw Sox game. I've even been to a Sea um, Dogs game because oh, that yeah. is the future, right? That's the future rosters of the Red Sox. Yeah. So you can get bought into it um, because you're seeing them play now. And they're more accessible now than they would be at the Red Sox. Yeah, for sure.
1: Plus with with baseball, you know, it's not that I will complain about the sport. It's fine, but I'm not going to follow it. But I will go to a baseball game in person, any day, anywhere, any league. No problem. It's fun to be there in the park, but I'm not watching
0: 162 games. Oh, there's too many games. I think everybody knows that. It's hard to keep track of it. I know one guy that's a diehard Red Sox fan. I don't think he misses a single game, but he's older than I am. And that's just like, that's their demographic, right? It's, it's older folks that grew up with the Red Sox not being very good. <laughs> so they, sure. they're just ingrained in them. It's just, you know, there's too many games. Well, my
1: mom is one of those people. She watches at almost every Red Sox game, uh, but that's because she has ironing to do she has knitting to do she like
0: there's never a time when her hands aren't busy during the red Sox. so it's it's a great game that you can turn on in the background and not really pay attention every single pitch you know
1: for sure i I swear though it's it's my it's my weird dream like i wish i owned a bar where i could just have like npc rugby on in the background or like scottish super six or just kind of like just under the radar rugby but like you know that if you show up there there's gonna be rugby on a screen somewhere it seems hard to do it in America, but that would be cool. I think every old
0: Rugger has had that fantasy. Um, <laughs> there was a, there, I think there's, they still exist, but not in Manchester. It was a company called uh, British Beer Company. Oh yeah. So they, yeah. So uh, I went there to their Manchester grand opening. I was extremely disappointed because I was like, "You guys, play, you guys show any rugby on here?" And they're like, "What?" <laughs> I'm
1: like, no. Like, they, they also had a noticeable lack of British beers on tap.
0: Yeah, how about that? Yeah, it was very successful. Yeah, up here at least, they closed that Manchester branch down. But you know, as soon as I found out they were not showing grove, I'm like, okay, this is fraudulent. I'm not watching. I'm not not giving you any money.
1: So to continue the thing we were just talking about about like the the importance of a, a team that's local to you. So you know, so the sports right here in your own town thing. It's really compelling to me. So there is a semi-pro football team called the Shamrocks that's right here in my own town. Um, They play at the high school field right near me. Um, I can literally just walk down there. It's not even too far to walk for my five-year-old. So like, it's such a treat. I feel like we're really lucky for that. Uh, Was football big for you growing up? And uh, do you have that kind of memory? Is there a, a team you could go see besides the high schoolers that would just be right there?
0: Um, yeah, I, I never played American football growing up. I, I, I found rugby late into high school and that was it for me. You know, I was like, okay, this is my sport now. Um, but yeah, you know, the high school teams obviously it's big, but, um, other than that, it was always the Gamecocks, you know, for us, uh, it's a family tradition. They're about an hour down the road. So not exactly local, but, um, not too far away, you know, did you go to
1: a ton of those games though?
0: Yeah. Growing up for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of great memories and a lot of heartbroken uh, memories as well, being a Gamecock fan growing up. So, yeah,
1: yeah I, I know very little about college ball. Uh, I know the Gamecocks haven't actually, you know, I don't think they've won too many titles. I, I don't know if that, I'm hoping the number's more than zero, but I'm not sure.
0: There's there was one ACC championship that they won outright, and I think 1967, so well before my time. Um, but yeah, I mean the hope is always there. You know, as a Gamecock fan, hope is eternal. Um, mm-hmm. That one year we're going to make it to the top. We actually won an SEC East division division championship in God, what was that? 10, something like that. Yeah, but uh, we got absolutely demolished. This was the year that Cam Newton won the Heisman Trophy. Oh. Uh, so he absolutely buzzsawed through our team to oh, win no. <laughs> an championship then eventually a national championship. So that is a very t- touchy subject with Gamecock fans. Um, oh. you know, we're like, we finally made it to a championship um, game that we could play in. And it was just the Cam Newton show all day long. So I mean, are, are, was- are, are, are you glad that guy's out of a job right now? <laughs> No, no, no. It's weird because he became a Carolina Panther, the number one overall draft pick. He did so he went to my team um, that I followed the most when I was down there. So it was it was always a little awkward with Cam being a, a Panther. Like, my, oh, he's my, really good. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Darn it! Yeah, remember he beat us in the championship.
1: <laughs> I always loved Cam. You know, just as an outsider, I just think the guy's awesome. When he became a Patriot, it felt like the same. It felt like when the Celtics got Shaq. It was like. Oh, okay. this guy didn't have any other contracts coming up, (laughs) but I'm glad to see him. It'll be nice to have some pictures of of him around Boston. That'll be cool. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, uh, Phil, as always, it's been so, so great to to catch up. Uh, I'm going to call it for now. I think we have more to talk about. So I'm going to stop my recording for now, take a quick break, and then um, we might want to tell the listeners about other things we're going to talk about. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much, as always, for joining the Sperm of the Earth. You are the man. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you some more, and we'll catch up very soon. Sounds good. Okay, that definitely does it for this bonus episode. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun for me. As always, please, please reach out with your questions, your ideas. I am at of scrum. I can always be reached via the scrum earth at gmail.com. If you want to help me spread this pod to other rugby fans, please just share, share, share. And really, if you could bring yourself to leave me a nice review, I would be eternally grateful for that. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for coming along. Cheers. Talk to you soon. And be well.